0: The Girl Camper Podcast is sponsored by Liberty Outdoors, innovative makers of high-quality, lightweight, towable trailers for every stage of the RVer's life, and Camco Manufacturing. For over 50 years, this company has been making products for outdoor enthusiasts. Whether you are RVing, boating, camping, towing, tailgating, or grilling, Camco Manufacturers has products to help you enjoy your time off. We are also sponsored by our consortium of girl camper-friendly RV dealerships, Bankston Motorhomes with five locations in Alabama and Tennessee, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Tom's Camperland with three locations in Phoenix, Arizona. Service, integrity, and committed staffers are some of the hallmarks of these reputable dealerships. To visit any of our sponsors, go to girlcamper.com and follow the links on our homepage. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my Liberty Outdoors lightweight towable trailers. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper, and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the backroads of America the Beautiful. Welcome! Welcome! I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, and Adventurous, and this is episode 136 of Girl Camper, the podcast. My topic this week is forming a regional girl camping group, and my guest is Sharon Cormicon, founder of the Rocky Mountain Glampers. Sharon is a member of a few girl camping groups, but was looking for more regional campouts with women who lived in the area and had similar interests. When she didn't find those people within the group she belonged to already, she started her own group. They say you write the book you wanted to read, while Sharon formed the club she wanted to belong to. Stay tuned as we explore the themes of what makes a club a good one or a bad one, how to form your own Girl Camper group, and when rules help and when they impede. Next on the Girl Camper Podcast. Before our news roundup, we have a message from General RV, the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership, with six locations in Michigan, one in Ohio, one in Virginia, two in Florida, and one in the greater Chicago area, and one in Salt Lake City, Utah. General RV sells new, used, and consigned motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, and pop-up campers. They also rent campers. So if you're dipping your toes into the RV world, renting is a great way to see if the RV you imagine suits your needs really does in fact do that. You can take it out for a trial run before you make that final decision. Log on to GeneralRV.com and peruse their user-friendly site, not only to check out their inventory, but to learn more about financing, insurance, and rentals. Also, check out their RV 101 videos. General RV is hosting a camper college on October 5th at their North Canton, Ohio dealership, and I'm going to be there to meet and greet and learn something new because I learn something new at every camper college I go to. All of the news on that camper college is on girlcamper.com under our upcoming events section. Thank you, General RV. It's always great having you on board. On today's News Roundup, I want to share a recipe for foil packet campfire meals. Right, it's not really a recipe. It's more of a method. I discovered something when we were camping this summer and all the boondocking we've done. And one of the ways I've been conserving resources is by cooking two meals at once. So I rarely eat real food for breakfast, things that require cooking. I don't cook for breakfast. I sometimes blend for breakfast and I do a lot of like breakfast bars, but I do not cook until dinner (laughs) at home anyway. Now my husband is camping with me here and he loves real food and having real food for breakfast is just a treat for him at the campground. And I've been very accommodating because he's been a very good sport coming with me on this whole trip. So we've been picking up fresh food at all the little farmer's markets along the way. And one of the things that everybody seems to have is these little tiny baby potatoes. They're, They're the size of a nickel and they're so delicious. So we've been picking those up. And when I'm cooking those for breakfast and while I have the propane going, I cook up a bunch of extra and I put them aside for a foil packet dinner meal. So while I've got those potatoes cooking, I've been adding different things. So I bought a bunch of Italian sausage, the Johnson Brothers or Johnston's Brothers brats. Oh, we just love those. I cut them into little bite-sized pieces or I get a chicken breast and sometimes I actually mix the two. I cut up just one Johnsonville brat and I put the chicken breast in there and I get those things cooking along with the breakfast while I'm doing that one of the things I just love about cast iron skillets is when I get the breakfast off there and I turn that off, that pan is still continuing to cook for several minutes. It holds that heat so well. So while we're eating breakfast, that dinner food is still on that stove cooking. Now, I don't worry about whether I cook it all the way through. I'm really browning it on both sides, and maybe I wouldn't need it right then because it's not all the way cooked through. But I let that cool off in the cast iron pan while I clean up for dinner, and then I get out that heavy-duty foil, and I make up two packets with, the pro- uh, with whatever protein I cooked, and I add the potatoes in there. I've always got some kind of veggie going in my camper fridge. So whether it's asparagus, we eat a lot of snow pea pea pods and green beans. So I put those things in the foil packet with the par-cooked proteins and potatoes wrap those all up, I put a little butter in there, some spices in there, put those things all together, wrap them up, and I put those in the refrigerator, and I just leave them there all day long. And I gotta tell you something, there's a little peace of mind to knowing that when you're out there hiking or touring or doing your things, And it's getting late in the day and i'm getting tired and i really really did struggle a lot with the altitude on this trip so when i get back to my campsite at night i'm tired and it's just like a little piece of heaven knowing that dinner is already made so i take that out of the refrigerator and i sit it on the counter while i read my book or rest for an hour and then that thing is coming up to room temperature Drop that grate down and heat up those foil packs on either side, or I make a little coal bed in the bottom and put them close to the coals, not near the open flame. I just think there is something about foil pack meals that feels so good around the campfire, and I guess for me that part of it is just that throwback. It's a throwback to my camping days as a kid. It's how my mom made campfire meals so much fun because she would take all the leftovers out of the cooler and lay them all out on the picnic table and give us all a piece of foil. And we go up and down like a buffet there, putting all the things we wanted in our foil pack and creating our own. And when you're a kid in a big family, you don't always have a lot of choices. <laughs> so that. I don't know, it just felt special like you could really pick out your own. We were in charge of rolling them all up, and then you had to tend your own little foil pack. It was like your job. And your dinner was gonna be as good or as bad as you made it yourself. You were owning that foil pack. I just love having them out by the fire. It's just also so simple. It's a great way to use leftovers and resources. You know, you're really minimizing the propane you're using, and you know what? They just taste great. So I got a couple tips for you on foil packet meals. And one of them is you can't cheap out on the foil. <laughs> you just got to buy the large, long um, foil, the heavy duty foil. You got to get the good stuff. I always use two layers. I just want to keep it from burning, and I also want to keep it from being easily punctured. So I make them too deep, put my food in there, roll them over, tuck them in real tight. Don't buy cheap foil. If you're using raw meat in these, just cut them up into really small pieces so they can cook quickly. The other thing about cutting them into small pieces is when you open the packet up you can see if they're done. If you have this little cube of chicken and you turn it left and right you can see that it's done. When you have a big chicken breast it looks done on the outside and then you cut the thing open and it's pink. So cut all your raw meat and your proteins up into real small pieces. To make foil packets really tasty and cook good, you need liquid in there. So it basically steams the food. Some veggies have a lot of... um water in them so you can get some steam going there but i always use an even mix of butter and olive oil so just put that butter on there like two or three little pats of butter on there and then spray the olive oil on there get a nice good blend of the two and that is enough to get that thing really steaming and going and add some flavor to it too i have to tell you that it's not a good idea to put this directly on the flames i like to put it in the grate, keep it above the flames there or get your shovel, and create a little coal bed around the bottom. Just push it away so you can get your pack next to the coals and away from the flames, not too close. I prefer the grate, but you could do it that way as as well. And be careful when you're flipping it over that you don't pierce it. The last thing I want to tell you is the way you know that it's cooking is you listen to your foil. (laughs) Your foil packet will speak to you. You can hear it hissing and crackling and then you know your food is cooking. I always find that 20 minutes total for cooking these, 10 minutes on each side, is enough to get those things done. So That's my foil packet tips. I love having those. We've had a lot of fun with foil packets this trip. We're going to be back in a minute with Sharon Cormacon, girl camper and founder of the Facebook group, Rocky Mountain Campers. And we're going to discuss how to create a group of your own, how to find members, and what makes a group, good or bad, successful or not successful. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Sharon. Got a message from Campco. Campco makes stuff, all kinds of stuff, 4,000 different things for camping, RVing, boating, grilling, tailgating, things to maintain, clean, and operate your RV or your boat. They make so much stuff. What they made this year is a new line of stuff called Life is Better at the Campsite. And I gotta tell you one thing that I'm loving their new indoor outdoor welcome mat it's got a cute little thing on it welcome to the camps or no it says life is better at the campsite it has a little vintage trailer on it this is a different kind of mat though and i gotta tell you that i really love it it's looped little plastic woven little loops like think of a looped carpet but it's looped plastic so this little mat i'm putting it down on top of my regular rv mat But when you go to wipe your feet, this actually does something. It's not just pretty. It knocks all the little dry dirt and debris off of the bottom of your shoes so you're not dragging that stuff into the camper. i got to tell you, they really, I wish everybody could have been in their research and development office like I was to think about and see how much thought goes into all of these things. So here's this mat, and it ain't just a mat. It's a mat that does something other than look cute. You can find them online. They're $19.99. If you go on Amazon.com, they're $19.99. If you're a Prime member, you get free shipping. So thanks, Campco. Thanks for making my campsite pretty and practical. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back, everyone. My friend Sharon Cormikin is here today, and we're talking about forming your own girl camping group. Sharon formed the group Rocky Mountain Glampers. It's a Facebook group dedicated to bringing together like-minded women in the Colorado area. Today, we're talking about why Sharon and her friend Sherry started their group and how you can start one, too. Sharon, welcome. Thank you for having me. I haven't seen you since we were (laughs) hanging out in Texas. Exactly. And now we're hanging out in Colorado.
1: Yes. (laughs) Two beautiful places, for sure. Well,
0: the Rocky Mountain Glampers invited me to come and glamp with them, and we're having such a ball. We're in Rocky Mountain National Park, which is so gorgeous. Yes, it
1: is. Altitude and all. Yes, I've
0: had a little trouble with the altitude, that's for sure. But Sharon, before we get started, I want to just, I want you to tell people about you. Where are you from? Are are you a lifelong camper? Tell us your story.
1: I am a lifelong camper, uh, somewhat. I am from uh, Alaska. I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. I'm one of six kids. my father wasn't around a whole lot um, back and forth when I was growing up. So I spent a lot of time with my mom, mm-hmm. and my mother loved to camp. So we would camp a lot in the summers in Alaska. Oh, boy. Um, that must have been so pretty. It was beautiful. It, and Were you tent campers? yes. Yes, we never, my parents never had uh, an RV, and my father was never in the picture as far as camping was concerned. Mm-hmm. So it was just uh, my mom and us kids, and usually my brothers, I have twin brothers younger than me, a year younger than me, and a brother older than me. And my two older sisters were usually off mm-hmm. somewhere else, but it was my brothers and my mom and myself, and we would camp in Alaska often in the summer, uh, go down uh, Kenai Peninsula um, oh out of Anchorage and, and camp down there. The one camping trip that comes to mind the most is the one that um, where my my mother, my brothers, whoever, one somebody yeah. in our group <laughs> forgot the tent. Um, oh my gosh! And I don't know. There's, I mean, that tent is a thin fabric. But there's some security there. <laughs> you Somehow. feel tucked in. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's all in the head. Um, but that trip, we ended up sleeping in our sleeping bags under the stars in Alaska. And I just kept my head inside the bag because I thought oh. my sleeping bag would protect <laughs> me from the bears. But um, so, yeah.
0: that, so your mom, you were raised by a girl camper.
1: Yes. She was ahead of her time. Yes, she was. She was... Um, she just loved being outdoors. She always wanted to have a farm, and she was a bit of a dreamer. Yeah. And now that I'm this age, I am seeing a lot of that yeah. in myself. Yeah. You know. Um, Did you continue camping when you you know you're you're married and raised kids and were you camping then? Not not really. Um, you know, adulthood and parenthood took over, and um, I don't I don't recall camping at all in my my first marriage when my kids were yeah. Growing up, you know, we didn't do that. We, well, I mean, we had a VW bus that we drove across country in and we camped yeah, then. Yeah. But we were making a move. We, yeah. We didn't go out and camp. It know, wasn't on purpose.
0: Come. You were making your way across the country when you were moving.
1: Exactly. And okay. We had a, you know, the big old steering wheel van. You know, and Aww. going across the pass, and Ray was like, <laughs> "Sorry, folks." <laughs> but no. you're going
0: 20 miles an hour oh, yeah. uphill. Yeah.
1: Please understand. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway, we didn't. I didn't camp for a long time, and then, um, you know, my life changed. I uh, was divorced, and you know, have moved all over the country, and eventually met my current husband, um, and w- moved to Kentucky. So uh, during that time, uh, 2011, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. visiting my grandmother. Like every February, I'd go to California, Southern California, to visit my grandmother, who lived yeah. in the high desert. And Grandma had a um, a two-bedroom house um, that, that her family had built for, the fam- for, her, for her parents, basically. Mm-hmm. And her parents had been gone for a long time. So Grandma was living in this house, and her older sister was living in the big house next door. So okay. these like are two old ladies out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> um, very self-sufficient, stubborn, strong, desert women. Good for them. Yeah, very independent. Um, and Grandma... Um, she had this little camper next to her house. And the reason she had it was because when she had moved into this little house, she had moved from a three bedroom uh, that was in a different town. She moved there Mm -hmm. because her sister's husband died and she wanted to be near her sister. And she just didn't have the room. So she got this camper, bought it from somebody down near LA. um, And that was grandma's bedroom. Okay. Because she was always taking care of somebody. I mean, Grandma would come to visit us no matter yeah. no matter where we lived, yeah. and we'd say, "Grandma, can we go home with you?" And Grandma would say, "As long as your mom and dad are fine with it." And they, they had yeah. six kids, you know. Yeah, let's lose a couple two for a while, <laughs> for know, a couple, a couple of weeks. It's Send like that. them off to Grandma's. Yeah. So we, I would live with Grandma for a whole school year or more. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So, so, so you must have been very close to her. She was. She was the rock yeah. in the family. She really yeah. was. She um, wouldn't say a bad word about anybody, no matter what oh. she felt. Um, and she was just, we just loved her to death. Yeah. You know, she was always there for us. Um, so what happened to her camper? <laughs> well, you know, after her sister passed away and grandma was just like trying to settle things and tired of, tired of just being here, yeah. you know, she kept on saying to everybody, what do you want? Just trying yeah. to give things away. Yeah. Just give it away. Cleaning up. Yeah. Uh, just taking care of business, you know, and she'd say, what do you want? And grandma, I don't, I don't want anything. I'd say, you know, I just want you to stay. Yeah. We just want you, Grandma. I just, Yeah. I just want you to stay. But uh, she would continue. Mm-hmm. And one day I th- thought about, you know, I can't keep her forever. Right. You know, so what do I want? What mm-hmm. part of Grandma would carry with me in the future? Make me happy to remember her yeah. by. And I just said, Grandma, what are you going to do with that camper? Yeah. And she said, you want the camper? It's yours. Ah so she signed it over to me and she had the title yeah which is gold yeah. <laughs> the vintage camper world exactly so that was in 2011 in 2011 and then um I, I lived in kentucky at the time so i didn't take the camper i didn't want to take it east because i yeah because of the humidity and mm-hmm. everything the camper had been in that location in the desert from 1968 or 69 um, it, what what year is the camper? It's a it's a 1953 Westerner. Okay. I've seen it. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> so, um I love it. But, and, you know, being a child, living with grandma here and there, yeah. um you know, it was a treat if grandma would let us spend the night with her and her camper. Oh. And even though I was scared to death because of the desert was a a scary place at yeah. night, you know, with the the coyotes howling and yeah. all those noises. But it's way better than a tent. Yes. <laughs> but so she would let us stay with her. And I remember laying there and watching the curtains, you know, yeah. move in the, in the window. And yeah. it was just, it was special, very special. So now
0: you have that trailer. Is that what made you get back into camping? Yes. So that was your entryway into... Yeah. So let me ask you this, because... You know, you shared with me, your your husband is adorable. He's here camping with us, Mark. And he was sitting out around the campfire with his guitar last night. Mm-hmm. I got called away to read stories to my <laughs> nephew. And he's not happy with one book. It was like five. Right. But, you know, just how much fun to have that nice little group of campers here. And husbands were in on this trip. And, you know i think that's so important to distinguish in girl campers it doesn't mean we only camp with girls it means we're girls who camp you know and so that was so much fun and just being here with Mm -hmm. all of you guys and one of the things you told mark when you two got married and moved to his home of kentucky is that when the kids are grown i want to live in colorado and you made that move you're here yeah what's your favorite place to camp here
1: you know what? I think it's a toss-up between this campground here, um, Moraine Park Campground, um, and Mueller State Park. Um, this is a beautiful location here. I love being in the mountains. I I love the view, um, yeah. and I it there's just something about being in the mountains that fills me. Yeah, um, this must
0: remind you of Alaska. I mean, I've never lot, been yes. to Alaska, but when I look out, I feel like. I should start yodeling. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I feel like, Heidi, yeah. grandfather, grandfather. I mean, it's, I know. <laughs> it's the, the green on the hills. Yeah. Like, it's not just um, covered with evergreen trees. Right. There's just big meadows yes. up on the mountain. It's so beautiful. And the
1: wildlife and the beauty and the clean air. And you know the the smell of the pine is the very first thing I notice yeah. when, I, when I come up to the mountains. It reminds yeah. me of camping in Lake Tahoe when I was a child oh. um, with my mom. Um, which reminds me that I had chicken pox while I was camping uh, as a <laughs> you child. You can have
0: them at home or you yes. can have them at a campground. And ground. we did
1: not go home. We were there. That <laughs> was my mom. When we
0: were throwing up, she would send us outside to play in the backyard, and she'd right. say, throw up in the grass. What's the difference? Yeah. You're going
1: to throw up? Exactly. Yeah, my
0: mom was like, well, yeah. throw up and everybody does it. Exactly. So now you're here, and you've got your trailer, and you're in this place that you love. Now, I know. So I know, um, Sharon, that you belong to um, some national girl camping groups. And you and I have talked about some of the issues with these large groups and and the things that led you to start Rocky Mountain Glampers. And I hear what you've shared with me from so many people that I just want to get it out there. I want to talk about it. And I want to make some suggestions for solving some of those problems regionally. So I'm going to state up front here that I'm not... um, suggesting that there isn't a place for these large fun groups that do so much stuff, but for people who really want to camp. Some of the groups, um, it doesn't work sometimes for camping. So let's share with our audience here some of the things you and I have been talking about. And let's start with one of the some of the problems with groups that are too big. Why don't you start?
1: Um, they become impersonal. Mm-hmm. when you're when they're too big and yeah. and you get kind of you know lost among a lot of people mm-hmm. i tend to be um i'm more introverted than uh-huh. than extroverted, I kind of borderline, but it depends on who I'm with, mm-hmm. with my with my tribe as you call right. it. Yeah. Um, then I can be more extroverted. Right. But when and you're I'm in comfortable it, with people, yes. But when I go to a new group and say I'm going by myself, um, then that would be a little bit of an issue for me because I will tend to want it back away. Okay. Um, so you know, just integrating yourself, you really have to. Um, work hard at that if you're like me. You really have to put yourself out there and, and really work hard to, to
0: Well, and I say that in the large groups too. Uh, they can become a little clicky. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get in a large group and the people who have joined and been members for years, they've got their tribe. These are the people they camp with. And when newcomers show up, there are those who are extroverts. Right. And they're going to go to so much trouble to make those people feel welcome. But then there are other people. And I understand this. I'm not knocking it. There's people they work full time. They've got two or three weekends a year, and they want to be with their friends. They're They're just catching up with friends. That's their tribe. And they may be very friendly to you at dinner, but they're not inviting you to come around the campfire and sit with them afterwards. Exactly. And so when a group gets too large, it can present a problem Mm -hmm. that way. Now, one of the things I hear all the time from people when they write in to me and say, hey, I joined a couple groups, and... Every time I go online and I go on their website, all the events that are close to me are already closed. So the people who know the system know, okay, well, they may have heard from the camp host, hey, this is going to be going live on the website on Friday morning. So they've given the heads up to their people. So everybody's online Friday morning. And by the time the people just check the website to see what's coming up, that event is full. So there's yep. a problem with people getting into events. So oh, when totally. you have a long established group and you're doing an annual event, there are people who are like, I'm not going to miss Rocky Mountain, um, you know, glamper event, you right. know, they're going to go to that event every year. It's their favorite thing. And that event fills up. And so when a group gets too big, people can't get into events. It's so true. All right. Now here's another thing. And you talked about this a little bit. It's when a group gets too big that it loses the intimacy. And I think for people who really want to camp, you know, being with six or eight people, what I love about these campouts is you really get a little time around the fireplace, around the fire pit at night to learn people's stories, to talk, to chat, to, you know, make new friends. Yes. And... While I love a big themed campout, and I think there's a place for that, and I never give up my memberships because, you know, once a year I just have to be silly and go out there and, you know, get my silly dress on and right. wear a crown and, yeah. and, and, and just leave adulthood behind. Exactly. I think that's fun to do. But when you're a person who just wants to camp, um, these campouts can, those kind of big themed things are not really what we're after.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it 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 is, um, it's just being with people and uh, relaxing and getting to know them. Right. And that's that's really that's really what we want to do.
0: We we, have you found other things though that you know when when you started Rocky Mountain Glampers were there other things about um, you know finding the right people to camp with or like-minded people that made you start it.
1: You know, it, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, it started on accident, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sherry and I were friends already, and when I told her about Viola, mm-hmm. uh, the na- my camper, um, and then I'd be picking it up, I mean, she did not have a camper. We had never talked about it before. Mm-hmm. So um, when I told her about my camper, she got all excited, and mm-hmm. she said, I've wanted one of those for a long time. Ah. And so that's how we kind of started... Talking about it, Um, at which point, um, you know, girls dream. Yeah. You know, and we were saying, wouldn't it be great to take our campers out and camp, and you know, meet other other people, other gals that want to camp with us, and just Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of camp around. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it started for us. And it's it's not like you know, we we thought we wanted a big group or something. We just wanted just
0: wanted to find your own tribe locally. Yeah.
1: We just wanted to meet people that. Wanted to, you know, go out and camp and just spend some time out in the mountains.
0: Well, I want to talk about a few of the other things that I hear from women. I, they weren't an issue for you, but one of them was, that the, uh, one of them is, because this this one comes up all the time when I get email, the events are too spread out. And, mm. and I did have this in New Jersey, too. Mm-hmm. There would be an event in, you know, central Virginia. Well, that's a six or seven hour ride for me. And to do that for just a Friday and Saturday night was just too far. So events were too spread out. And if something was in Connecticut, forget it, because that means I have to go through the bridges Mm -hmm. in New York City Mm -hmm. on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm not going to do that for anything. I don't care how beautiful the campsite is. Another thing I hear from women all the time is that these trips become too expensive. So the themed trips are fun, and, uh, you know, I always have a little budget to do at least one or two of those a year because it's fun. But if you go on some websites, every one of the events posted is something a hostess has come up with, and it's a special theme and it involves a lot of money. Yes. So not only are you paying to get there and your campsite and your food and your gas and all of that, but then you're paying an event fee. So maybe this fee, cost, the event costs. Two or three hundred dollars because they've got a bus and it's picking you up and it's taking you someplace beautiful. But if you just want to camp and you just want to get away for the weekend, it's expensive. It is another thing um, that I hear from a lot of women is they join the group and they get in and there's just too much politics. I don't mean literally politics, like I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican, I'm an Independent, you're, you know. I'm not talking about national politics, which is hairy enough in this world right now, but politics within the group. Like, uh, how did you get in this site? How did you get this spot before me? It it just can get really murky if, you know, if you're a newcomer and if you don't have the kind of personality where you sharpen your elbows and get in there and make your way. And we shouldn't have to do that you know then you're just going to like retreat from the whole thing oh, totally. you know so i hear from a lot of people look i just want to go camping i don't want to pay a fee to go mm-hmm. camping i just want to camp with like minded people right and i think that's what happened with um so many groups you find your people with in your own area And then you stop with the themed parties and all of that, and you just want to go camping. And and we do this in New Jersey. It was just like, we have a group text, and every time somebody... Find somebody new. <laughs> you have to, it's hard to add someone to a group text. You have to do the whole group over again. Right. But we add on new people because somebody met someone at the hairdresser and she always wanted to go camping, or somebody said, Hey, guess what? My cousin just moved to the area. She's going to join us this mm-hmm. weekend. Well, we just put out a big group text and we'll say, Hey, we're going to be at this campground. I'm on C7. Bring food. I'll see you Friday. Right. That's how simple we yeah. keep it.
1: Yeah. We're not
0: worried about. Um, lining up menus, who's bringing a starch, who's bringing a vegetable. We're right. just like, we get a grill going, bring your own protein, we grill it on the same grill, and everyone bring something to share.
1: Right. We keep it so simple. It yeah, sounds perfect.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about starting a group. So, what was your approach when you started Rocky Mountain Glampers?
1: Well, you know, Sherry and I were talking about um, camping and You know, it's just a a conversation we had, you know, while we're hanging out at her her house one day and starting this group, it wasn't really thought out too intensely. We just wanted to meet other people. And how are we going to meet other people that like to camp like we do? Mm -hmm. So we, um, you know, came up with Rocky Mountain Glampers because, Mm -hmm. you know, we love the Rocky Mountains. We live in the Rocky Mountain area. Yeah. Um, And Sherry's a, she's an incredible glamper. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not so much, you know, I don't, I'm, your I, trailer is very cozy, <laughs> but I don't decorate with a lot of stuff. I don't right. have a lot of things cause right. I, I'm Keep not, I'm, I'm not a clutter person. I mean, but yeah. she has cute clutter. She's adorable.
0: Yeah. Um, Some people can pull off yeah, clutter.
1: She, she's, <laughs> I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty amazing. Um, she always has uh, a great setup, but you know, it, which makes, makes us, uh, good Co leaders because yes. we're so different from each other, but yeah. we work well together. Um, but really, we weren't thinking of growing it. it, we were just thinking of people we come in contact with. you know, um, whether it was somebody on Facebook and you know that that's making some post about you know they live in yeah. Colorado and they camp a lot, we'll send yeah. them a private message and yeah. say, Hey, we're a group, yeah, you know, you're welcome to join us, and yeah, just word of mouth. It, yeah. It was so never you didn't really set organized. Out with
0: some kind of organized business plan to grow your group. No, we were just looking for no. people to camp with.
1: Right, and we didn't necessarily want this to be any any type of income thing. We just wanted it to be, let's go camping. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, it's not a money maker. No. Yeah,
1: it's just we want to go camping and so meet people. So you did
0: it through Facebook. Yes. So you just started a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in your group, yep. even though I'm far away. Yep.
1: There yeah. are a few exceptions of people far away. Yeah. We try to keep it local, but there okay. there are so some. I'm willing to fly in for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. We're so pleased. Tell me,
0: um, tell me, did you ask questions? I I must have filled out questions when I joined your group, but did you ask people questions? We
1: well, not not initially, not initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I invited you to the group, so I, oh, you may okay. not have had to answer any questions. I'm okay. not quite sure how all that works, okay. but. Um, so initially, we just let anybody join mm-hmm. um, and didn't ask questions. But there are other con- there's concerns about that. Um, is it a closed group? It is a closed group. Okay. So, um, so we,
0: when people are posting, I'm going to be camping at Moraine, the whole world can't see that. Only exactly. Members. Exactly. So you need to know who your members are.
1: Right. And, you know, we want to make sure we don't want people to be collecting our group. Mm-hmm. As one of their many pages that they collect, right. we want you to be genuinely interested in camping uh, with the Rocky Mountain Glampers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're more of a family than just a, a collection of people. It's mm-hmm. a small group. We have probably probably less than two hundred mm-hmm. um, members. And some we have, some we know, some we don't. Right. Um, but you know, we just wanted to keep it uh, local. We wanted, right. to, we wanted to camp with these people. We just don't want to collect members.
0: Okay. And I think that's a, an important distinction, you know, because I belong to a lot of groups. Not so much to camp with them, but, but because I'm very interested in other people's ideas. Like when someone is sharing a recipe or a tip. I love to go on the Facebook groups, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this cool thing they did. So... I know I'm probably never going to camp with the Pacific Northwest groups. Right. But I like to see what they're doing because right. I'm interested in that. So but you want to keep your group and and as the founder of the group, you can do whatever you want. Right. You know, that's your goal mm-hmm. to find people to camp with, not to convey information to people. Exactly. And that's your right to do that. Mm-hmm. So in your group here, can other members post an event or can only you post an event how do you handle events in the rocky mountain glampers
1: um they're they're more than welcome to post events Mm -hmm. um but uh and backing up a little bit um sherry and i uh Mm -hmm. at the end of the year uh right after Mm -hmm. christmas most likely or Mm -hmm. usually in december Just because of timing, uh, we'll call together a meeting of whoever wants to come, a little social thing, and to talk about the next, the following summer.
0: Okay, so So coming camping year. Yes,
1: because here in Colorado, it's hard to get a camping uh, spot you know, yeah. um, and it's it, too bad. It is difficult. And, you know, you have all the locals that are camping and you have all the people coming to the Rocky mountains or wherever right. camping. So it's booked. I mean, if yeah. you, you can't just wing it,
0: well, we made these reservations in January. Didn't yes. We? Yes.
1: I mean, you can go to, um, you know, I, I've camped at a, a equestrian, uh, campground before a couple years ago. And, you know, there mm-hmm. are places you can go. Mm-hmm. You won't have hookups, but you know, it's first mm-hmm. come first serve, but Personally, I don't want to come to go to a first come first serve campsite.
0: No, no, you have your time off; it's scheduled, and you need to know that if I've packed up this camper and towed it here,
1: I'm going to have a spot. Yes, I know. I want to know where I'm going to be. So we do this meeting. We invite whoever wants to be there. Usually, it's just Sherry and myself, maybe one or two other yeah. people, maybe. Um, and we plan out the whole summer. And then we also plan out the day six months ahead of time or whatever that time frame Mm -hmm. is uh, to figure out when we're going to make our calls and start booking. So we do that. So like this summer, I'm camping every other weekend. Good for you. This summer. So, yes, a member is allowed. They're they're more than welcome to put together an event. And if it's in a different region, um, you know, they, they can even... It can be the same thing. They've time. scouted
0: out a campground in which it's easier to get yeah. reservations because, so I'm hearing this a lot about camping in Colorado. This is not uh, on a wing and a prayer here. You've got to have this planned out ahead yes. of time. Oh, yeah. Although Definitely. I drove back from Mesa and but you you can usually find an open spot for one night. Mm-hmm. I, I stayed in two different campgrounds driving from Grand Junction to here. Right. And I just called and, oh, yeah, we got a spot for you. Yeah. But it was for one night. Yes. And it was in the middle of the week. Right. You There was not a site to be had yes. here this weekend.
1: Yeah. And if you are willing to camp during the middle of the week, um, then you you can get into some of these places. Right. Um, but it's difficult uh, for the most part, right? Even though some of the campgrounds, well, they'll have uh, some sites in reserve where they don't advertise.
0: They do that in New Jersey too. Yeah, the the state campground they have to keep ten open. Yeah,
1: they do that. So here. if you get
0: there really early Friday morning, they ha- they yeah. usually have them. Right, but that's a little secret I just let out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but most people. So I want to talk about how people can start their own book. So uh, t- group, you started it on Facebook. Hmm. Um, you can start it on meetup.com. Definitely. You know, you know, I started Camp Like a Girl, which is not a group, but it is really where I post camper college and mm-hmm. things like that. But you could do anything on that. And yeah. I do allow people who are willing to mentor new campers to post an event in their region, you know, if they meet certain criteria. Right. It has to be no money involved. It's mm-hmm. not a money-making thing. Mm-hmm. And it it has to be a mentor thing. You have right. to be willing to coach new women into it. So yes. those, that's my criteria for there, but you could start it on um, meetup. I also think you can start it in your own community. Like I've spent a lot of time at the Estes park library in the last <laughs> day and a half. And I just sitting there waiting for Rick to come back and pick me up and reading the bulletin board there. It's such a community here. Definitely. So there's all kinds of places in your community that would sponsor something like this. You could you could put out the word and have a meeting at your local library, a church basement, you know, any kind of group. You could get all the mothers of Girl Scouts and say, who wants to grown-up Girl Scout? So there's all kinds of ways that you could reach out in the community and find people oh, to camp with. definitely. So what I want to talk about right now is... um How do when you let's say let's just focus on Facebook for a minute here? So, you've got this Facebook group, and to you, it wasn't important to grow the group, you kind of just let your group go organically,
1: it grew itself,
0: it grew itself. So, where were you finding members for your group?
1: Well, online on Facebook, you know, people we just kind of ended up having conversations with on Facebook and inviting them, but also, um you know as we put together our campers and and do our sewing and our yeah. you know our planning and just meeting people at the fabric store or at Michaels or Hobby Lot you know just yeah. any anywhere anybody along the way you know they they always ask you you know what are you making or what are you doing or yeah. uh we would talk just to them about them. it so them. it just just happens You know, and just meeting people. Meeting Um, people, yeah. We've never had to And then people must
0: solicit you, too, because you could go on to a search in Facebook and just type in glampers. So if you lived in Colorado, the group, Rocky Mountain Glampers, could come up. Right. And then they would have to Mm -hmm. ask for membership. Yes. So they might find you or you might find them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the ways people. So let's just say. You are somewhere in, like, eastern Kansas, and you belong to national groups, but there aren't many people near you. So some of the ways women can start a regional group of their own. So you can start it on Facebook. You can start it on Meetup. You can find a local chapter, your park system in your township. You know, usually there are people. Mm -hmm. I find that Facebook Marketplace, I know Facebook Marketplace is where you sell things. But on the Facebook Marketplace by me, people are always reaching out on there saying, hey, there's going to be a meeting tonight about the new traffic light on the corner of blah, 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 if anyone wants to come. Or, hey, there's an Al-Anon meeting going on in this church basement. So I think you could get a community spot Mm -hmm. like that and say, hey... I'm hosting a meeting at this coffee shop in town. It's for women who might want to be interested in getting outdoors, going camping, learning about nature. Mm -hmm. And so you can reach out that way on Facebook Marketplace and find some people. Right. One of the things you did, which I love, is you had Rocky Mountain Glamper business cards made up. Yes. (laughs) So when you were in Michaels or at a campground or something, you could give those out to people?
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, I made cards for myself and for Sherry and we would just carry them around. And if the opportunity came up to, to give them out to people and we want them to look us up on Facebook, we would give them out and, you know, they would sign up and yeah, we meet new people every year. So
0: you can start this Facebook group. Uh, you could let it grow organically as you do. You could have a set of business cards and just—I always have cards mm-hmm. on me and give them out to people. Another thing you could do, if you're interested in growing your group in your area, is Facebook really allows you to target. So you could do a boost on Facebook, but you can be very choosy. Like you could do, you could do it like with 50 miles of my location, right? And then you can target. Say you want to target women from age 30 to 65, Mm -hmm. you know. So you're really not wasting your time and money. And then you can even choose people's interests because Facebook knows everything about you. Exactly. They
1: do, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) So if you've ever liked an REI ad or something on Facebook, they know it. So they will target your people. And I have found when I'm uh, posting an event, that is really fruitful. Yes. I usually don't do that unless... I'm going to be someplace like a couple of years ago, I, I did an event in, um, Phoenix. So I targeted the women's hiking groups, kayaking groups, women outdoor groups in the Phoenix area and an ad for a camper college in Phoenix and 60 people came. Wow. I was flabbergasted by the response yeah. to that. So it was very targeted And I I got a great response from that. So doing a Facebook push that
1: way. Yes. And I think that the camper college is really good uh, because I think that is something that the ignorance that a lot of women have uh, in camping and towing and all that keeps them from getting out there.
0: Yeah. And that's why we do those kind of things. We want people to know, hey, we understand that you may know nothing about this. But it's just a skill set you haven't learned yet and we're here you want to put people at ease and not feel like you have to be an expert in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. in order Mm -hmm. um to come on board right well another thing that i always uh, talk about and i think it's a great way is to just involve your local um outfitter so if you're in a small town somebody there is selling the camping supplies, even if it's the Walmart. Right. If you're in a bigger town and you have an REI or you have a Cabela's or you have a Duluth Trading or something mm-hmm. like that, you can go to them and say, hey, can we use your social media? We, we're we looking for women to get outdoors. They usually very much want to help you. Do it. Cabela's is great that way. Yes. And they have those outdoor days, and they Cabela's has an annual women's outdoor day, mm-hmm. you know, Go to those with your cards and look for those women. You could also ask if you could post it on their bulletin board. Usually they have some kind of community board there. You could speak to the manager of any of those places and say, can I leave some cards with you? If you have women coming in, another place to find them is the RV dealerships. Definitely. I get calls from RV dealerships all the time saying, hey, I just sold, you know, a little teardrop to this lady. Would you be good enough to call her? Right, right. <laughs> and they're shocked when I call them. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they can't believe I called. But, yeah, you know, I just want to, you know, tell them what I'm telling you now. Like, here's some places. That, they come in and they want to do it. So they've got the trailer. Mm-hmm. And now they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, there are several RV dealerships who know about me and they'll call me up or the, they run out of my cards. I send them cards. Right. And they'll be like, Janine, I'm out of cards, but I told this lady and here's a phone number. And right. I remember calling a lady in the Pacific Northwest about a month ago and she had been on my website, but she couldn't believe I was calling her on the phone. Yeah. And I said, Look, here's two names from people I know up there. They're going to help you. So, call these two women. I've already spoken to them about you. And, Excellent. you know, it takes five minutes to go out of your way Mm -hmm. to help somebody, to give them a lead, to give them a leg up, to push them in the right direction. So, and I think that's what all of these groups do. The other thing I want to say for finding women to camp with is a little kind of funny story. I never heard this term circle of influence. I must be the only person (laughs) in the world, but everybody in sales knows you have a circle of influence. So I don't know. I was married, like, 15 years. My kids were in middle school, and, you know, I was one of those women that just, like, okay, I'm done. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Dinner's laid out. What am I going to do now? And I sew, and I had all these hobbies and interests. But, I don't know. I started kind of antsy, like I wanted to get a job. And in my mind, I thought, oh, my gosh, real estate would be a great thing. I'm going to get a real estate license because that's a part-time Right, job. right, oh, right. Air <laughs> <Eric, what's... laughs> that ain't a part-time job, okay? So this one man who was particularly eager to hire me, and I I, I just couldn't figure out why he wanted to hire me. I was a teacher before my kids um, were born, and I sometimes substitute taught, and I hadn't worked in 15 years, and I was a PTA mom, and I was doing all that stuff, and I'm like, the guy kept saying, Please don't sign with anybody else. I, I just want to make sure we get you at our company. <laughs> and I finally looked at it and said, I don't understand why you want to hire me. Right. I am a mom and a housewife, and I have not worked in 15 years. What am I missing here? And he sat down and explained this whole circle of influence. He said, you're exactly what I want because you've been on PTA, and you've been on the school board, and you're working on this committee in the township, and you've got your kids in recreation going on here, and you belong. And I'm like, I do. I do have all those things. And he said, he made me sit down with a piece of paper and he said, I want you to write down 150 people, you know. And I said, I don't, I don't know 150 people. (laughs) And he said, no, you do. And he said, who cuts your hair? Who mows your lawn? Okay. Where do you get your nails done? Where do you take your dry cleaning? Who do you know at church? What committee? And you know, when I sat down and wrote that out, I knew a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) I know I knew a lot of people. And so... When you think about it at that approach, mm-hmm. you know, it's in those days, I remember when that company hired me, they had very formal cards written up that said, we're welcoming Janine Pettit to Fox and Roach Realty, you know, you're and, right. and they, I had to mail them to everybody. You know, now you don't have to do that. You've Your circle of yes. influence is already there. It's on Facebook. Yeah. You've got, so maybe you're not friends with the lady who does your nails or cuts your hair or mows your lawn or any of those things. But you can. You can reach out to them. Definitely. So it's a way of really kind of bringing your bullseye in a little tighter and finding those people in your regional area to camp with. Yes. And I don't want to knock in any way national groups because I've had so much fun with the groups I belong to. And there's a place for them. But I want to do way more camping than I do glamping. And so, for me, it's so much fun to be able to go out for a weekend, like, with a couple we met at a picnic. And, you know, they had a camper. We had so much fun with them at the picnic. They met us at the campground, you know. So, way more camping, a little less glamping for me, and finding those regional people to do things with. Oh,
1: definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and making it um, easy. Making it easy. Uh, Less... Red tape, you know. Let's just go.
0: I'm telling you, this whole keep it simple, silly. Here we are. We're going on Thursday night. I'm on this site. Call up, pay your own site. Just pay for it online. Call up, make your own reservation. Pay for it. Show up on Thursday or Friday
1: night. Have food. Right. Exactly. How simple? Yeah. Very simple. And Um, then go home. (laughs) uh, Right. And you know, like I said, how we uh, we organize our whole summer. Um, what we do is we, we do, uh, decide where we're going to be all mm-hmm. summer and, mm-hmm. w- and we do take input, but if you don't give it, yeah, you know, you got to take what we schedule. Right. Well, and we'll let everybody know what that schedule is and what sites we're going to be in or shoot for. Yeah. And you know, if you want to come, this is what we're doing and this is when you need to make your call and we'll, you know, and that's it. make those plans.
0: And you know what? And I used to say this all the time when people would call me and say, there's no events by me. I'd say plan one. Yes, if you plan it, they will come. Yes, it's amazing. So you might have three people who would come on board,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the next time you do it, it might be six, yeah. and the next time you do it, it might be eight. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think that's a good group right there. Yes, I, I, I like campouts. Like we've had so much fun here this weekend. You get to talk and visit people, but just put it out there you know nothing's going to happen unless you put it out there it's just a little leap of faith if you had one or two people come you know and you start your own little group and you find your own little tribe mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i mean really and it's maintenance free really mm-hmm. once we get past all the scheduling and right. and just you know telling people about it we're it's we're done we're planning our trips yeah. know, on our on our own and sometimes we'll have a themed trip, you know, where we have a a themed party or something like that. It's fun once in a while. But you're not obligated to do any of it. If you don't feel like dressing up or whatever, don't dress up.
0: I want to say that to women out there who you look at it and go, there's no way I'm going to walk around with a tiara on my head. Right. But do you know how many times... Where I'm at an event and all the girls are dressed up and they're having fun and they're being silly and it's great to shake off reality and have that fun. But I see the women on the sidelines who don't dress up, but they are laughing. They're taking pictures. They're having fun. Right. And that's it. There's no wrong way to camp like a girl. You go and you do it however you want to do it.
1: Whatever works for you and makes you be filled with the reason why you're camping. Yeah. You know, because that's really, I mean, th- like you mentioned earlier, I mean, this day and age, life is crazy. Yeah, it's tough. And some of us still work during yeah. the week. And when I come camping, and I love it here. Yeah. Here in Moraine, because there's no signal. I know that's a challenge for you, but there's <laughs> no signal. And so my work can contact me if they wanted to. Yeah. You know. It's nice. You're checked out. I'm checked out. and uh, And this is what I like. Yeah. This is what fills me. And You're restored. I, it makes it easy for me to f- forget my weekday, right? Business, right? You know, yeah. So that's it's just whatever fills you, right? You know, don't feel pressure to do anything more than yeah. what you feel comfortable doing,
0: right? Well, Sharon, thank you for coming on the show. And I hope we've given women some idea of how they can start their own group. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to incorporate. You know, just go on Facebook. Try some of these tactics to find women near you and
1: just get out there and camp. Definitely. It's easy. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sharon. Thank you so much. Yes, happy trails to you, too. It's great having you. you here. Oh, we love having you. Thank you.
0: Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest Sharon Cormican for coming on and for hosting me here at this event. We've had so much fun here. I'd also like to thank my sponsors, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, Tom's Camperland in the Greater Phoenix area, Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee, and General RV with 12 locations all over the country. I'd also like to thank Campco for coming on board and creating great products for girl campers to use. And lastly, but not least, I would like to thank Liberty Outdoors. And Liberty has a question for you. What are you waiting for? Now is the time to make your RV dream come true. Liberty Outdoors is a family of brands that evoke the American values of freedom and adventure. They manufacture the highest quality trailers producing some of the most recognizable designs in the industry. Their products are proudly made in the USA with best in class workmanship and customer support. This allows you to pick up, get out, and get going with the confidence that only a superior product can provide. Liberty wants you to experience the journey with the peace of mind you've earned. To take a look at the Max trailer in their Little Guy brand or the new Parkliner, head over to girlcamper.com and click on the link. Liberty Outdoors, they're building something for every stage of the RVer's life. Which one is for you? I'd also like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for putting this show together. That's a wrap, everybody. Happy trails. Get out there and go places and do things. See you next week.